You're listening to TNT The Monday Night Wars, podcast number two. To follow along, watch the September 11th, 1995 edition of WCW Nitro and Monday Night Raw on the WWE Network. Welcome to TNT The Monday Night Wars! This podcast is all about finding out who really won the most exciting era in sports entertainment known as the Monday Night Wars. We started back in September 4th, 1995 when WCW Nitro debuted and they fired their first shots at WWE Raw. Each week following, we grade both shows, matches, commentators, and storylines to find out who really won each week? I am the excellence of execution, Mr. Trevor Shelby. And of course, joining me today is the $10 man, Mr. Thomas Kennedy. Hey, I got I got the, the, the Washingtons going here. <laughs> he's, he's throwing dollar bills all over, the, and he's picking them back up. He's picking them right back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I need that back. I got to pay rent. Very good. So this is actually the very first week that we were able to grade both shows together. Of course, last week, Nitro had no competition except for that dog show. And it looks like WCW won, even though there is a little debate with it. There's a tiny bit of debate. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm almost to a tie. You're almost to a tie. Well, we can go ahead and we're going to give the dog show a inaugural point and we're also going to give WCW the the first win. So, why do we got to give them a, a, the first win? <laughs> gotta I give mean, it to them. The dog show was amazing. Yeah. I mean, god. Okay, so so the dog show won is what you're saying. Yeah, well, no, I was saying WCW won. So, <sighs> This this episode, the, the, the way I did this week was I watched WCW first, and then I watched Monday Night Raw, and I'm going to forever flip that because of the, uh, the spoilers that are talked about on Nitro. So, and I'm going to forever not listen to you when you talk about it when we on our phone calls. Because it influences me on my judgment. Yeah, it probably does. I'm I'm pretty opinionated when it comes to pro wrestling. So and our show. Yeah, and our show. So <laughs> and iPhones apparently. So and the the wrong captain on Star Trek Universe. No. Anyways, I, I got that one right. So anyways, the. First big show going head to head, Nitro. We're going to start with Nitro because that's how I watched it and that's how we're going to do it. So the show opened up and they have this great looking set. It's very classic Nitro. I mean, I I don't remember the set being much different than this through most of the Monday Night Wars. And it's Uh, obviously got a bigger budget than than the first week. Yeah, much bigger budget. There was a lot of different camera angles there were better placement for commentators the the way they had everything set up it was very eric bischoff it's kind of his trademark he doesn't keep the commentators at ringside he moves them away i think that gives a better standpoint for the commentators because 
it gives them a standpoint of the uh, of the actual. It's, it gives it gives them the audience standpoint as opposed to the standpoint right. of the announcers at a desk at ringside because most of right. them are not at most of the people there are not at ringside. Exactly, and I really think I I don't know how WWE does it with their announcers if they're there for a reason, but. With WCW, it always felt natural that they were away. You had a lot less tables getting broken, and you had yeah, a, a lot less announcing tables getting broken. Yeah, a lot. And it moved the the action away from the commentators. Never however, really them. However, I always like a finisher going through a table. You yes, know, yes, the announcer tables. You know that that's always the announcer a big table. Thing. Well, I I'm always big about any tables getting broken. Yeah. So before we really dive into all this the this week has been real big in social media where everybody's making themselves look old and there's an app that you can download the uh, face app use it yeah use it at your own discretion supposedly russians will keep your pictures forever and ever yeah i'm okay with that so I looked at this episode, and I got a bunch of pictures from wrestlers about this era, and the ones that we're going to see, I ageified them. I made them old, and I wanted to see, really, if they look like they are today, basically. Did they age the way this app says they age? And the, the Well, first we, don't know how, we don't know how old the app is aging them, though. Right, and the first one I did was Hulk Hogan. I think it's almost spot on Hulk Hogan now. I mean, might yeah. be a few years in the future, but it's pretty spot on. Um, and we'll post these pictures on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you go to this podcast, just jump to this point, and you'll you'll be able to see these pictures uh, as, as well. And while you're there, you can like and subscribe. So the next one, uh, I got a picture of Ric Flair from 1995 in HD. And that was kind of I, freaky. Yeah, it's kind of freaky. It doesn't look anything really like he does now. Then the other one was kind of a a, a wish, like if if he would have made it to to now. Got Brian Pillman aged. He looks just as crazy and as ever. Which you know we can't you know say if he w- looks the same or not. You know. Right, right. I would like to imagine he would look this way though. Uh, keeping this character and being his edgy self, I believe that that might be how he actually would look. We also did uh, X-Pac, uh, or One Two Three Kid, as he's known at this era. Uh, this is actually a picture, I believe, uh, from 1995. So Age Deem, it he didn't. It, it, I, no. Yeah, it didn't didn't really match. It it, it looks kind of kind of silly. My favorite one is the next one because it it's way off. This is why I but, said we don't know how how old it ages yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, because this this could totally be further in the future. Uh, we got HBK, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Looks more like Bret Hart right now. Looks he really does. It looks like Bret Hart now. He has a major receding hairline, but he looks like he's you know doing well for his age so 
yeah, check that out on YouTube. Uh, let us know uh, if there's anybody else you would like us to ageify, and we'll we'll we might do that on other shows or uh, post that on a on something else. I say we beautify some of the divas. Too, oh, there we go. Because you, know, you can beautify on that app. Yeah, too. we can beautify and but, make them younger. How about that? We could. Which brings me to my first complaint of the evening. Yeah. There's no Nitro Girls and there's no Divas. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I want to do that, keep doing this if they're if they're not on here. So this is you know? this is week two. There's no Nitro Girls, and we're not happy about that. And no Divas. And, yeah, zero know, Divas. No, no ladies. Um, so we're definitely not in the Attitude Era. I really don't know when the Nitro Girls uh, debut. But um, we will celebrate that day. I know we will. Yeah, yeah. Um, we will definitely, we will definitely celebrate Stone Cold style. Yes, exactly. We will have a on the air celebration. So back to Nitro. So we got the new stage. We got the the commentary team is separated from from the uh, ring. So it's it's. It's kind of like classic Nitro. This is what you're going to expect with Eric Bischoff. He actually, when he becomes the, was it commissioner or general manager of Raw, he actually would duplicate this in the 2000s to moving the announcers up on the stage. And I would, it never bothered me. I know it probably bothered people like JR and the King because, you know, they're used to being right there in the action. But it, you know, it is what it is. Well, whenever they they did the recent brand split again, they 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 moved the announcer tables again. Yeah. So I don't know if it's, they did it with uh, with SmackDown, but I know they did it with Raw. They aren't ringside anymore. Right. We got on the commentary team with Nitro. We've got Steve McMichael, who is as crazy as ever. I don't think he fits with the team at all but i i I am going to start the steve mcmichael quote of the night this this quote if really really i had to rewind it listen to about two or three times to really be like what is he talking about so this is how the the opening of nitro steve mcmichael says and this is he's speaking about how big nitro is at this moment he goes this is the biggest thing to hit the screen since the little old lady said, where's the beef? And Eric's Bischoff's face was hilarious at this moment. If you could go back and watch this just for that, it's so worth it. Eric Bischoff is like, what is he doing? He's and got a very uncontrollable face at this point. He does. And it's hilarious. Uh, so... He looks disappointed in a way. But after that, they kind of recap the first edition of Nitro. They kind of set up the Luger and Hogan match that's coming up. Then Eric Bischoff does something interesting. He actually talks about Vader and how he's gone AWOL at this point. They don't know where Vader is. He hasn't checked in. He, and he Eric Bischoff even says he hasn't filed the proper documents to leave. And so he's no longer going to be part of the Fall Brawl team, the Hogan, the, the Hulkamaniacs team. And so Vader's gone. Vader's done at this point. I think this is his on-air firing. So 
but it's interesting. This is the point where he jumps ship and yeah. everyone knows it. Well, and it's interesting because they run a commercial like not too long after this and they advertise Vader again. And so I guess maybe back then you couldn't edit those things so much on the fly, but I just think it's kind of funny that they were still advertising Vader after they said he's AWOL and not going to be there. Yeah. So maybe they were holding out hope. I don't know. Maybe they weren't sure at this point. But from what I've looked into, I try not to read too much into the news and the spoilers of this era because I'm trying to keep all this fresh and new. And I think Vader was fired. I'm not sure. But that is what was suggested when I was reading it. So I don't know if he did something or something was going on, but Vader is no longer with the company. Which is, you know, weird in my personal opinion to take someone of you know his stature and, and just fire him for no reason you know if if there wasn't a right. reason you know and so this really does leave hogan's team in a particular spot he is a man down for war games which means it's going to be three uh, versus four i believe however there seems to be a lot of people in the dungeon of doom so it's the the, Hulk, the hulkamaniacs are down one person the dungeon of doom aren't so that is that. So they're, they're going to be scrambling to find their the, another person, or they're going to be SOL. Yeah. So the first match of the night is Sabu versus Alex Wright. And if you guys remember, I was really excited for this. I love Sabu. I really do. Sabu's a good character. Yeah. Hey. And Alex Wright is a good wrestler as well. He's a, a German boy, and he's... He fits the, the, the bill very well for what he is, and, you know, he could play a good heel, but he's kind of on the small side, but, you know, he's, he's, Sabu's he's got the, a really talented wrestler. Sabu's got the, the, the pedigree from, you know, being a direct descendant of the Sheik, I mean. Right, and he's got the pedigree of working in ECW and in their you know, heyday. So this is really uh, supposed to be a big deal. I mean, this is completely opposite of what WWE offers. We've got a guy that's that's going to pull out tables. It's going to be flipping and flying. He has scars all over his body. So it's it's very different than what we're used to on the other show. And very. Some different. of the notes I took on this match. He's covered in scars. He looks really mean. I put. Alex looks to be a t typical German bad guy, just smaller in stature. Sabu uh, kept control of the match until he did a fall out of the ring, and he ended up hitting the uh, steel guardrail. Yeah, and I think uh, he, like, concussed himself. Cause... Yeah, he he ended up doing that jump off the chair, and uh, it, it, it was ugly. And it, it, th this match was good. I, I mean... I, it was short, and which we'll find that I get. I'm guessing we're going to see the the matches are going to get uh, are are really short because this this week there are five matches. You know, like this match, it, I mean, everything was clean except for like the the you know whenever he flew out of the ring and hit his head on the on the the, uh, the guardrail. That that guardrail, yeah, yeah, and. Um, 
Yeah, and that's that's kind of classic Sabu. He likes to put that chair up. He likes to jump off of it and uh, make it look like, you know, a death-defying move. Sabu won this one with a strange roll off the top turnbuckle. Kind of Sabu really ran out of steam, I think, at the end of this match. I think he put everything into it and he hurt himself maybe. So wow. he he ended up he he got the 1 2 3 and then at the end of the match, yeah, he, he went, went crazy. Nuts. So I guess he still felt like he had something to prove. He pulls out a table. He uh, throws Alex Wright on it. Well, sets him on it. He's sitting on it, kind of. And it, you can almost tell that Alex Wright has probably never been put through a table at this point. Because he has no clue what's going well, on. Well, I mean, it's... And he's not completely on no, the he's table. No, he's kind of just sitting uh, on it. And, you know, of course, the, the table... Is just a sheet of plywood with some legs, yeah. basically. It's not like yeah, we see yeah, today. It's a very you know? rickety table. And then Sabu um, leaps off of the ring there, goes to the table. I think Sabu took the hardest hit out of that. He pretty much missed Alex yeah. altogether. And his shoulder was what went through the table. It wasn't right. Alex. So the referee sees all this. He's freaking out the whole time. And so he reverses the decision... Alex Wright ends up winning, even though he was pinned. This is kind of, you know, at the referee's discretion. And I think this this kind of stuff continues through WCW history. These referees can can do this. You don't see this on WWE, really. No, I think I've only seen a few. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of w, uh, wrestling lately because of time but and watching right. these. Um, but I think I've seen maybe one or two since I, you know, in the past right. few years. I, I'm going to give this match, out of my own opinion, I'm giving this match a 4 out of 10. It was going to get actually a little lower, maybe a 3.5 or a 3, uh, mainly because it really does fizzle out at the end. And I really think that maybe Sabu got hurt at some point. I don't know. Or maybe Alex Wright ran out of steam. I, I couldn't tell. Someone was carrying someone. But the ending, the way it flip-flopped like that, Alex Wright ended up taking the win. I didn't see that coming. So I gave that an extra point. It they they told a good story. I think it was a good match. I'm gonna go with a five because anything anytime a, a match ends in a table, it's got to end in at least <laughs> a five <laughs> in my book. So all the Dudley's matches, those are all fives. Every one of them. Yeah, <laughs> those are all every one of them. Yeah. So after this, Mean Gene comes out and introduces Flair. Flair cuts a pretty good promo on Arn Anderson. Talks about how the four horsemen used to run wild, and last night, Arn just stayed in his hotel room and talked to his wife and kids. Like, that's a bad thing. Then Lex... Then Lex Yeah, Lex Luger. Luger comes out, and there's no explanation on why Lex Luger and Flair are together. I, I kind of wondered if they were doing a... Replacing Arn with the four horsemen or something, but it wasn't that. Then Flair just starts cutting a promo on Hogan. And Lex just sat out there and kind of nodded with him the whole time. And then they were done. <laughs> he was... <laughs> I, I, you know, when we talked about this match, you know, earlier in the week, I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you that they just wanted to keep Lex off the, off yeah, the mic. I, I really think that they were trying to make Flair his mouthpiece. I do... I, Flair did an excellent job. He was like... He pointed at Lex and he was like, look what you've done. He goes, look who is here. The total package, Hogan. The package takes control tonight. 
And I thought that was an excellent promo. And I don't think Lex could have pulled it off doing it himself. He couldn't have come out there and be like, look, I'm here. I'm the total package. I don't think he could come out there and talk like that. So I really think Flair pulled it off really well. I think that was a pretty good promo uh, for what it was. Well, you know, Flair is, you know, one of the all-time greats on the mic. Yeah. I mean, there there is no one better than him on the mic. And it's kind of interesting that, that Flair, you know, you know, did the promo for him because it, it kind of it kind of reminds me of you know Paul Heyman and Brock yeah, exactly. Lesnar. So you know because Brock can't talk, so Paul Heyman does all yeah. the talking. Yeah, I wouldn't trust Brock with a mind. You know, so so it, it it's best if Heyman handles all that. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what Lex needs. He needs a he needs a mouthpiece. He needs somebody to talk for him, and that's fine. That's fine. If you can't can't if you don't have the chops, then you know, you've got the ring ability. That's fine. Are you main event fine? I don't know. But, you know, a lot of people get up there and have no mic ability. So who am I to say? Look at how many people have held the belt that couldn't exactly. talk at all. So The Rock, for instance, he can't talk. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding. Okay. So. The Great Collie. <laughs> ever, yeah. The la, Great Collie is an excellent um, example there. I, I I'm trying to think of somebody else. I always I always think that Matt Hardy has been terrible on the mic until he started doing his new characters uh, when he was like version one and all that or whatever he was. Uh, I think that those yeah. every any time he got on the mic, I would cringe. But I love the Hardy Boys, and so it was always you know. But it was always Jeff yeah, who talked. So and Jeff is pretty decent on the mic. So the next match that we had was Mr. Wall Street versus Sting. Of course, Mr. Wall Street was the IRS, uh, as we covered last week. He wrestled as IRS with the WWE. So he came out as VK Wall Street, and Eric Bischoff the whole time is like, what does this VK stand for? What does this mean? Why did he change his name to VK? And it all comes down to VK is the first two initials of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And so they were just poking fun at Vince McMahon. And that's that's pretty on par with the level of uh, poking that they do at each other. It's pretty it's pretty low, low blows and, and stupid stuff that maybe not everybody would get. There's a lot more low blows on WCW side than there is on WWE oh, side. Very much at this point in time. Uh, WWE seems like they have some kind of, you know, don't even talk about them kind of thing going on. So Sting's coming out, and Eric Bischoff starts talking about the... He goes, if you want to switch to the other side or something like that, he goes, don't worry about it. HBK takes down the big guy for the one, two, three, retains his title or something like that. So he basically gave away the spoilers for Raw. And that's the first time that he did that, which is yeah, probably not a good thing. It's but it's definitely underhanded and pretty low. And you know, like I said before, I watched WCW first. I was really excited about Raw, and at this point, I was like, "Why did I watch it in this order?" Because <laughs> now I know exactly what's going to happen that next week. I'm not doing it. I'm watching Raw first. I I'm probably going to watch Raw too first. 
because I can't deal with spoilers all the time. Yeah, I know. Uh, so the beginning of this match, uh, Eric Bischoff starts off with the uh, "This is where the big boys play." So game players out there, uh, that's you take a drink. So Steve McMichael very shortly after that mimic that as well. So that's a second drink as well. Sting starts off this match pretty quickly. Uh, J- VK really reminds me more of JB JBL than the Million Dollar Man. Yeah, I, I know he does. that. I know that that's what they're trying to get with. He's trying to be like a clone of the Million Dollar Man, but I really felt like that he was more like JBL, and I I really like JBL as a heel, and this was this was almost perfect for that. JBL was amazing as a heel. Yeah, I mean, the the only one better at being a heel than than JBL in this time frame that we're in right now, not you know. Monday Night Wars is mm-hmm. uh, the Viper Randy Orton. He's the best heel right now. Right, yeah, Randy Orton. You can't you can't argue with him. He's he's a better heel than he is a babyface. So this match was pretty short. It was Sting controlled most of it. VK, like I said, Wall Mister Wall Street. He did pretty good. I really like the commentary during this uh, Mick Michael really doesn't talk a whole lot so that's really good uh, I, I really am looking forward to the day they fire him because uh, you know I can't <laughs> keep listening to him compare all these wrestlers to fullbacks right which the match before uh, he said I've taken on fullbacks you know, yeah. it's bigger than him and he starts talking football terms. You know, that's one hell of a tackle there. I, I don't care. I'm watching the match. This isn't football. Exactly. And I don't care how many three-pointers Mr. You know, football player used to shoot, but he better start talking some wrestling terms because that's what we understand. I don't care if he went to the World Series. Three-pointers? Yeah. Three-pointers? In the World Series. This, this, I don't care if he went there. Nah. That doesn't matter to me. So, um, And if he won the pennant or I'm gonna not. I'm going to kick you out of here. my fantasy football league. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, Sting controlled most of this match. One of my favorite parts of this match is Bobby the Brain Heenan, which is kind of funny. Sting got on the top ropes. It was his big finish. Sting was kind of waiting. Bobby just starts screaming, VK, he's behind you! And he turns around and Sting just flies through the air and hits him with a cross body. He gets the pin, one, two, three. It was a good match. It was. A good match. They told uh, everyone the hit their marks. It actually finished. I, I, I like the fact that it actually finished. Right, yeah, it had a good finish. Uh, I gave it a six out of ten. You know, they, they it wasn't the it wasn't the most you know, craziest, greatest match ever, but it was a solid wrestling match. They told a story. They got, you know, they got in there. They entertained the crowd. The crowd loved the match. It was very technical. I, I like that. You know, mm-hmm. it was, there wasn't a lot of interference, which is really getting on my nerves. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, we'll see a lot of that. So uh, what, what do you give this match? I give this match probably a six as well, maybe a six point five. Okay. But I think that 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 six point five would have been. I think I would have given it a six point five had it gone just a little bit longer. Right. So WCW then runs a package for their Saturday show. They are going to debut 
Disco Inferno. So this is where he starts his WCW career. I really remember him as a good wrestler despite his gimmick. They're going to have uh, Renegade and Max Muscle in action and Bubba, Big Bubba versus Dave Sullivan and his rabbit. And then they show Dave Sullivan standing there with a rabbit. So I have so many questions about that. It just looked crazy. Are you going to watch that? I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I may actually look that up and see what the, the rabbit thing is all about. I I can only assume Dave Sullivan is related to Kevin Sullivan. So uh, they have crazy characters. And so that's what I'm going to check out. I mean, I, I'll look it up, but I'm not going to watch it. That's We've, we've got so much wrestling to watch. Uh, also, they had Flying Brian Pillman versus Alex Wright, which I think that should be a really good match. That probably still the show. Not a, not a bad deal uh, for a Saturday show. No, that, that, that would probably be an excellent show. Yeah. So next up, uh, we had Scott Norton versus Macho Man, Randy Savage. This is one of the first times we really got to see Scott Norton in his ring attire. And he's huge. Very. Uh, he's a big guy. And you know what's funny is when I was looking up all the wrestlers that make him old, he's one of them I looked up, but I didn't. I got sidetracked and I didn't save his photo to make him old. So he is still a very large man. I I think that out of all the people that's out of this era, he might still be one of the people that's still like very formidable looking. Yeah. Macho Man came out, he got in the ring, just as he did, Scott jumped the gun, attacked Macho Man right off the bat. I really think that this match, this match was fun because Macho Man is the master at telling a story in the ring. Macho Man hurt his back right away, Scott Norton focused on that and just he kept driving any move he could into his back and macho man sold it like like a diamond ring yeah he macho man sold and you gotta think this is scott norton's big day i mean this is his to us anyways i don't know if he wrestled before in wcw but for you know nitro this is his debut wrestling match and for someone like Macho Man with his pedigree to sell so well for him, it really, you know, sets him up for, I think, a pretty decent career. They had a lot of back and forth on this. Macho Man, of course, hurts his back. He They had a really good beginning of their finish, which was when uh, Scott Norton looked like he was trying to do a shoulder tackle off the top rope, like he was going to hit Macho Man. But Macho Man was wise to it. He grabbed Norton, slammed him down in the ring hard. Yeah. And then the Dungeon of Doom attacks. So this is the theme of this night, which is people attack. People attack. So the Dungeon of Doom, yeah. Dungeon, well, partial Dungeon of Doom, I might say. The shark hits the ring, and I... What happened to him? Did he get punched or did he just trip? I don't know what happened. I, he tripped, I think, because I, I mean, think all us, he I, I was he just was watching, out. and he would. They were there, and then he he runs up, and next thing I know, he's laying across Scott Norton. Yeah, he's you know? he's down on Scott Norton. Macho Man's like whatever. He does the flying elbow. He gets the pin, which is hilarious looking because the referee is just like, I'm counting. I'm getting out of here. They, he gets the one, two, three. Macho gets the win. Rest of the dungeon 
hits the mat. Kevin Sullivan's got this gigantic spear, which is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, the, the one of the best things they said is, what are they going to do? Make a corn dog? Yeah, make him into a corn dog. That was, that was uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I love him, man. So, yeah, and then there was a little scuffle between the Dungeon and Doom and Scott Norton. Uh, he was not too happy that they interrupted in his match. I, despite the ending being a run-in, they still got a finish with Macho Man's selling ability they told a really good story i'm gonna give this match a 6.5 out of 10 almost a 7 not quite there but i you know i consider a 7 and an 8 kind of like a a uh, top tier match and this was this was almost there um i'm gonna go with the 6 because it, it did end and even with the interference it ended comically and right so that you know there was outside interference and someone was laying on the the opponent that got pinned other than the other person he was wrestling so yeah I, you know the comic there kind of bumped it to a six mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I'll, I'll i'll give it a six okay well you know i really feel like this match macho had he had nowhere to go at this point he he was going to lose this match if he didn't do something crazy. So he, to me, I feel like he lucked out because I think Scott Norton would have probably won this if that hadn't happened. Yeah. And I would almost put this as the best match Nitro has had at this point. Well, I mean, besides Hogan. Yeah. I know, know, but... Well, and I don't think Hogan's match from last week was anything, you know, to really say much about. But there's only been like five matches... At this point, so I mean, to win the top spot five matches point, that not finished. that big deal. Yeah, five matches. Oh, if we're talking about matches that finished, we probably got like two. But <laughs> so, but anyway, so yeah, I think Scott Norton will be an excellent heel if they just develop him right. Hopefully, hopefully they do. The next match of the night is, of course, the main event: Hulk Hogan versus Lex. The commentary really built this one up nice, I felt. They kind of cut a package that told the story from last week. Everything that had, you know, gone on how Lex kind of saved the day. All the drama that's been, that that built up, that they built up in, in a week. And that's the one thing that, that, that differentiates the, the announced team from WWE and WCW is the fact that they're going to help tell the story, right. the WWE announcers. They do play-by-play. Yeah, play. WWE, they do play-by-play, play, and then they got Jerry the King Lawler, who screams a lot. So, We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But the biggest downside here, again, Steve McMichael has still got a microphone in his hand, and he is still talking. So About but, football stuff. Uh, so <laughs> through a lot of this, though, Steve is quiet. I don't know if they've kind of like got the leash on him or what, but it's a good thing. This match started off kind of slow. It kind of felt like uh, Hogan and Lex were trying to figure each other out, kind of see what they were all about. The crowd absolutely loved it when they started showing off. Hogan was pumping up. Lex was flexing. It was it was a pretty cool moment, I thought. Yeah, it was. And the start was really good, I thought, the start of the match. Right. Lex... Everyone hit their mark this, this week. I mean... I right. couldn't tell and that they were we pulling saw the punches. Big moves. Right. And we got to see the big boot. 
Uh, we got to see Lex get Hogan up in the torture rack, which was freaking crazy. You had Bobby, Bobby the Brain Heenan screaming, ring the bell, ring the bell. Uh, the crowd's going crazy. Hogan is an obvious pain. And for some reason, Lex just thinks he's won. He drops Hogan. The referee is like, this is still going. And Lex doesn't realize till it's almost too late. Hogan, he, he does the hulking up. The way matches goes after that, it's it's usually downhill for whoever's getting hulked upon. So the uh, Hulk hulks up, you know, whips Lex into the ropes, hits him with the big boot, and then drops the leg drop of death. <laughs> before, but before Hogan can actually get the pin, you're going to think this is crazy. But the Dungeon of Doom hits the ring again, and they start attacking Hogan. This is, of course, like a, you know, a prelude to everything that might happen at War Games. So Sting and Macho Man, they run to the ring. They're trying to save Hogan. They also have Jimmy Hart, for whatever reason, is coming down there with them. Well, Jimmy Hart's their manager. I know, but in this instance, Hart's more of a liability. But... (laughs) And Luger's helping out too. Yeah, Luger helps out, and they they end up taking control of the ring. Mean Gene Okerlund runs to the ring, and he he's you know gonna do his thing where he's gonna they're gonna cut an interview with Hogan and his team. Hogan, of course, he's pointing the finger at Lex. He wants to know why the the dungeon didn't attack him when they hit the ring, and Macho Man says that that goes double for me. And Sting says, let's have him on the team. And then they're like, they didn't attack you either, Sting. They didn't interrupt your match. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was a good point. That was a very good point. I didn't think about that until Macho Man, the crazy the crazy Macho Man, was able to figure that out. Nobody attacked Sting and nobody attacked Luger. Then why the heck you know, do you trust these two? And then... Macho Man turns around and he's like, and no one attacked Jimmy Hart. I was like, well, of course no one did. They'd feel terrible if they hurt the poor man. But, <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, it's like Jimmy five Hart. foot nothing. I know. So, Sting, of course, it seems like he has some kind of history with Lex. And he's taken up for him. Hogan, you know, at this point, they, they are not letting Lex even talk. So Sting is doing all the talking for Lex. Hogan says he's, you know, thought about it. And he 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 agrees to let Lex join. If Lex wants to join, he's going to let him join. Give him the chance to prove who he is. And, you know, Macho Man freaks out. And Lex says, well, I'll do it. But I want a title shot down the line. And, of course, Macho Man loses it again because... You know, Lex has this motives behind what he's doing. Yeah. So, overall, though, the Hogan and Lex match, I'm going to give it 6 out of 10 stars. It was a big, big guy match. There weren't any crazy moves in it, but they we got to see all the big stops. The crowd was absolutely loving the match. They had that, they had that crowd eating out of their hands yeah. uh, during that whole thing. So six out of ten stars, very easy win for that. Um, uh, what do you think? 
I'm going to give it, just because of the ending, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 as well, because I think they could have gone, you know, drug it out a little bit longer. Right. Everything has to do with length. Longer is better, right? So. Well, in some cases, it depends on who's wrestling. <laughs> so, you know, and I think if the match would have gone a little bit longer, and then the... the 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 ring the ring attack it could have gone just a little bit longer maybe empty out the 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 locker room to help out you know the rest of the guys that yeah. would have taken it up to a seven I think. right I think you know they they set this pay per view up pretty well they they got it where it needs to be war games I was really excited about war games after this I wanted to see Hogan tear into the dungeon of doom so. I, I really feel like this was not that bad. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good it was a good show. It was definitely better than last year or last week. Yeah, last week's show was it was different. I think they were just trying to pull off something exciting and new. I think if they would have just stuck to their guns, went with this set, went with these camera angles, they would have done so much better on their first show. I think it was a mistake going to the mall, but I think they they really did set themselves up as being different that way as well. So, and they didn't keep the the camera uh, even last week. You know, this week and last week, the one thing that that stayed true, even though the sets changed and the camera angles, they still had cameramen in the shots. Yeah, they did. They had a lot of cameramen in the shots, and you'll see that on Raw as well. At this point, the cameramen they they're always in the way at this point on Raw. I think that changes after Shawn Michaels gets hurt on a cameraman. I think they, I think they cut down on the number of cameras hanging out around the ring. That and they've the the camera technology has come leaps and bounds from where it was. Right. So let's move on to Raw. This is the very first our first look at Raw at the Monday Night Wars. Uh, it was kind of interesting to see the opening. Of, of Raw, it was <laughs> no fireworks, no nothing. I, well, um, did did you did you catch the song in the very beginning? I did not. It was it was like a country song, and it was not what I remember. I believe that it was a tune that that at the end he goes, "I like it raw." <laughs> it was really kind of funny to hear. Vincent King, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, they opened the show. Uh, there's no, you know, Jim Ross at this point. I found that pretty interesting. I know Jim Ross is working with the company at this time, but they don't have him on. They don't have him on the commentary team apparently. Yeah. They did a package, a video package, kind of, kind of a recap of what's been going on. It looks like this is a week or two after SummerSlam. And HBK and Razor Ramon, they just had their epic ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Now tonight, Sean's going to defend that title against Psycho Sid. I really think that that's going to be a good match. Not foreshadowing or anything, but that's 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 exciting. I, I really think it, I really think they're in for a treat. I think. Yeah, I. Uh, not that I already know who won. Thanks, Eric Bischoff. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, Vince also covers uh, who Razor is facing. It's going to be Razor versus the British Bulldog. Another great match. 
in my opinion. Yes. Davy Boy Smith, you can't go wrong. Right off the bat, uh, we had Razor versus the British Bulldog. So they, to me, I really felt like this was a, they're pulling something that could be in the main event. At yes, so, right in the definitely. beginning. Right in the beginning. They're, they're, it, they're, they're holding on to their fans at all costs, I think, at this point. Th- this was a very, very good match. They, it was fast-paced for two big guys. Right. And they, they did something, some kind of promo in the beginning where Dean Douglas, who's, I guess, grading everyone's matches... He he's grading Razor's match, which I think he's I think it's the uh, ladder match, and he's in pretty much insulting Razor. Razor just kind of knocks him over with one punch. It's kind of strange. Jerry the King Lawler stands up for Dean, saying he's just trying to remove the toothpick from your mouth. You can't have that in school, which is kind of kind of bizarre. But whatever. Yeah. Um, I think we should probably start a Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, quote as well if we're gonna do one for mcmichael yes but uh yes jerry lawler at this point is he seems very green in the commentary spot i love jerry the king lawler but man he was something this episode it was the, the announcers were very good at you know they, they were doing play by play and it was not like WCW, right? Because where the WCW was was all about, you know, talk about the match here and there. They were, they were all about talking about other things, you know, basically insulting each other, right? And here's Vince McMahon like doing a play by play, you know, lateral thrust, you know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and that's where I I see a lot of like I see Jim Ross improving the commentary team because Jim Ross can not only call the play-by-play but he also can tell the story that's going on and he doesn't have to talk over the whole match or whatever is going on he's a little bit tactful Uh, I don't feel like Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler are so yeah uh, the British JR knows when to shut up Exactly. The British Bulldog came out with Jim Cornette. I'm a big fan of Cornette. Razor Ramon came out. He threw his toothpick in Cornette's face, which I thought was great. Razor. You would. Yeah. Razor, in the very beginning, it looked like he was throwing some stiff shots on the Bulldog. They they looked like they were some hard hits. I was questioning if he was really punching the British Bulldog at this point. The... I, I think they, they did a good job uh, kind of telling a story going back and forth. As soon as Razor Ramon gets a little injured in this match, Vince McMahon starts questioning, because it's only been a week or two since they had their ladder match, he starts questioning if Razor's 100%. Uh, what do you think about the match at this point? At this point, I think the the, the match is going really well. The, the British Bulldog is a, an animal in, in this match, and he, you know, yeah, he... Razor Ramon looked like he, you know, was landing punches instead of pulling them. But right, you could. I, I think that's just how good of an actor the British Bulldog is. And I, I really felt like this match, it, even though the finish was a little wonky, we had uh, Dean Douglas come out while the the ref was injured. I think at this point, wasn't yeah, it? the ref was ne- he, injured. Uh, we had Dean Douglas come out, capitalize. He hits him with a flying elbow, and then the one, two, three key. Yeah, he comes out to save the day. 
he even things out. But <laughs> Dean Douglas kind of handles the one, two, three kid with a single punch. Uh, the Bulldog uh, takes control, slams Razor again, covers him. And just before the ref can count to three, next thing you know, one, two, three kid is flying off the top ropes and hits the bulldog. Well, well, he the bulldog rolls out of the way. The one, two, three kid lands on Razor Ramon, and then that's the match. There, uh, it appears uh, the at this point the bulldogs won it because of the interference that was noticed by the referee. Um, they disqualified. I, yeah, yeah, and. I, I'm assuming that the Bulldog won at this point. I don't know if they actually said. Um, so I give this match a... I, I really give this one a 6 out of 10. I don't think it was a bad match. It had a finish that was exciting. I think the Bulldog should have lost the match since 1-2-3-Kid hit Razor instead of Bulldog. But that's the ref's decision, so it is what it is. Okay, well, I'm going to tag on... My my rating of this is going to include uh, the the promo that was cut after it. Okay. Right. I'm going to say a five and a half. Okay. Five and a half. Because <laughs> that, of the fact that the promo the, cost them. The the promo cost them, and it's not because of anything that the two men in the middle of the ring did. Because you got one, two, three, kid, which is you know later on X Pac. Um, you know, he's green. This is his one of his first, this is almost his debut. You know, he, he hasn't been yeah. around a long time. He's, I think and, he's in his first year of wrestling, and he's really been the small guy on the show. Exactly. That everybody treats as a kid, and he's kind of befriended yeah. Razor Ramon at this point, and he's actually beaten Razor yeah. at this point. And, you know, you got Vince in there, he's doing his interview you got razor he can't talk he talks like he's got a massive brain a lot like rocky did at the end of rocky four you know and you've got jerry lawler just talking and you can't hear anyone who's talking the the whole time you have razor ramon going you know vince this is something but then all of a sudden you hear vince are you gonna take Vince, what are you doing, Vince? You're gonna take that, Vince? Vince, what's going on? Why if are you taking that, you Vince? Just oh, oh, kick him, kick him, kid, kick him, get kick him, kid, ring kick him, do this, with do that, do that. Me. Oh, 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 I'll oh. show like, you. <laughs> it was bad. And so, the whole time, I mean, it was like through the whole promo. It was. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler would not shut up. And so, I don't know half of what they said. I know that. You know, one, two, three kid is saying, I beat you before and that gave me notoriety. Now, if I beat you again, I'm better than you, basically. Basically. So, yeah, one, two, three kid challenges Razor because apparently they've cost each other a match. And Razor's, you know, he's a little ticked at it. He doesn't seem to be that mad about it. But one, two, three kid has taken it personally. And so he's he's all about having a match next week. If they actually have a match. I think that's that would be a very good match. Yeah, I think that would set up a very good raw. Uh, so I because... I don't know if I've ever seen the one two three kid Razor Ramon first match. 
I believe it's kind of considered a classic because it's you know it's a little guy getting you know well I mean the big guy so one two three kid you know whatever you want to call him X Pac one two three kid you know whatever persona you're talking about he's got some chops you know right he's always had chops he's had great matches yeah so he's one of the most underrated Matt you know wrestlers out there like he got booed non-stop as x-pac for literally no reason yeah and probably because of the fact that he was with you know dx at the time and they were you know the comedic heels right um so i this whole promo this whole shoot i i think everyone was kind of awkward on the mic the king talked over everything I give a C plus rating at best. I don't, you know, if I was giving it a one out of 10, it probably would get a two. (laughs) Maybe maybe a three. I don't know. It's kind of an F rating, I guess, but it really did not. It, it didn't pull me into the story. It kind of took me out of the story. Yeah. So you don't want that bro wrestling. No, the story is the whole point of it. Like you know, like like I tell people whenever they say, "How can you watch wrestling? It's fake." Well, I I understand that it's choreographed, but it's soap opera for men. Exactly. So, uh, moving on, we have the uh, we have a package showing Yoko, Zuna, and Owen Hart. It's going to face uh, Men on the Mission, apparently ordered by the Gorilla Monsoon, who's the president of the WWE at this time. And he's the fan-friendly Prez. Thought it would be neat, is how they put it. <laughs> and uh, I think, you know, I, I had, I've I almost pushed it out of my head that Yokozuna and Owen Hart were even a tag team. That's and... the most unlikely pair, I think, ever. Yeah. And at this point in my life, I'm a giant Owen Hart fan because Owen Hart was the little brother who was just trying to make it and he was in his brother's shadow and I felt like I related with that man very well when I was a kid. And so, you know, this match seems like, no, I'm I'm excited for this, but I believe this was for like Sunday Night Heat or something or, or Saturday show. Um, yeah, it was a it was a Saturday show. Yeah, so uh, I might actually look that up. I don't know that that might be a pretty good. I don't know who Men on a Mission are. Uh, they they I had no clue. The uh, the just the thought that. But I th- you know you said that mm-hmm. you were talking about you know Owen Hart trying to get out of his brother's shadow and stuff like that. He you know in some ways he was more popular than Brett. Yeah, and you know he. He had the potential to be a main star, but I felt I feel like he just got stuck in the wrong personas. Uh, so when he became kind wrong of yeah the wrong character like, like um, he became the blue blazer. That's what it was. That was terrible. I think they did they were doing really well when they made him like the black heart. He was the black heart of the family. He was, you know, the guy that they couldn't put down. He ended up joining the nation of domination and stuff. That was edgy and cool, and I liked it. He was different. 
he didn't rely on his you know brother to get him ahead in life and you know and he proves to his brother that he's one hell of a wrestler yeah but anyways i could talk about owen forever so the next match is the Smoking Guns, which is Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn versus the Brooklyn Brawler and Rat Ratford. And I can only give you guys one guess on who would have won a uh, Brooklyn Brawler match. And if you said not the Brooklyn Brawler, you'd be doing pretty good. Not the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Billy and Bart, they did great. They looked great. You know, I'm I'm always I'm still shocked at how Billy Gunn is wrestling for AEW at this point, and he still looks amazing. So he's really you know kept that up. The I don't know who Rat Ratford is. So the Brooklyn Brawler and him are apparently a, a tag team. But you know, I going into this, I thought this is going to be a squash match, and it really wasn't. They had a pretty decent little match. Um, the Rat Ratford and the Brooklyn Brawler, they tagged in and out like a good tag team. They made, they made yeah. real quick tags. The, they, and they had really I, good double teams too. Yeah. They had good double teams. They, they were able to keep, you know, the other man away from his team. They, they, they got control for quite a while. I did note that, uh, Billy Gunn looks pretty good with a porn stash. And so... <laughs> Billy and Bart did a really cool finish in this match. They picked up the uh, the Brooklyn Brawler, and Billy jumped from the top rope and performed a really good leg drop. So they, they you know they were holding him up, and then he leg dropped him. That's pretty. I thought that was pretty cool for this era. So Billy got the one, two, three. It was over. The crowd seemed to love it. I loved it. Uh, this match again. I'm gonna. I'm sixes all around. I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six as well. It was really well well done. I wasn't, you know, this is the first time I've ever heard of the Smoking Guns. Because, right. you know, like I said, I didn't get back into wrestling until, like, you know, the late into the Monday Night Wars again. So, this is the first time I've seen them. And by the time I started watching, Billy Gunn was wrestling solo. So, right. You know, well, and, you know, this, they were a really good tag team from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find any real fault in this match. Um, if it were longer, I think this match would have stolen the show. I think if they just kept up what they were doing, this match would have been a seven. I know it's funny to think that two well-known jobbers can can do kind of a, a missed classic, but I really feel like this match could have been something if they were given some extra time. Perhaps, I'm being a little too optimistic, but I think it was a pretty good match. Yeah, it was a really good match in my in my view. But yeah, I'll give it a six as well. Yeah. After this, Goldust cut a promo. So he talks about uh, uh, the evil ghouls who creep through the night. And he says that the, the Undertaker is a creature of the night, but gold sheds no darkness and only sheds light. He suggests that his light will send the darkness to the heavens and we'll never see The Undertaker again. So how do you feel we're never going to see The Undertaker again? Huh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, what else can I say? Um, <laughs> that promo was cut 20-some-odd years ago, yeah. and they're both still here. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well sort of. Dustin Rhodes, like, he's in AEW. 
I watched his match with Cody Rhodes, and I've got to say, that was amazing. Uh, if you haven't seen that pay-per-view, I highly recommend it. I always like Goldust as character, especially in this era, because Goldust was so weird. And when you when you watch his promos, you almost feel dirty. Like, you know, like, I shouldn't be watching this, you know? But I, I mean, yeah. it, you, that character is so weird. Yeah. But the, the, that, it's lasted so long. I've never, I don't, there's not a gimmick that has lasted as long as, as Goldust's gimmick. Right. Um, the, they, they change over time. Like, you know, even the Undertaker changed to to the American Badass for a few years right. and then changed, went back. And Goldust was um, pretty faithful to this version of himself. I mean, he did kind of become a more comic relief later on. But, yeah, but uh, he, he still was edgy as hell. But you know, and he's Goldust is another underrated wrestler. I mean, he he is got, he's a masterful at the mic. You know, his dad taught him everything, and he is. He's great. He's been doing it for 30 years almost. Right. Um, so Goldust versus The Undertaker, I'm actually really excited for this. Uh, so hopefully uh, we get to see that one really soon. Yes. So the next match, it's the Dr. Isaac Yakum versus Scott Taylor. Isaac Yakum, um, uh, unbeknownst to himself, he's actually The Undertaker's brother. And he became a doctor, and then he scarred his face, and he became Kane. So, I, I is that I, the I actual story? <laughs> no, is that the actual the story? story? No, no, no. Doctor Isaac Yankum is, I believe, a Vince McMahon creation. It's a terrible thing to give uh, the the uh, person who plays Kane. It's it, and if the, yeah, it's Kane from the WWE. He, it's, this is Kane before he's Kane. And this character almost killed his career. If it wasn't for Jim Cornette coming up with this Kane character, we would have been without, without. I mean, because Dr. Isaac Yankum is not going to, you know, last in the WWE. Well, I mean, you know, could you imagine Glenn Jacobs, the guy who is Kane and you right. know, is Angus King, Bruiser Mastinu, whatever, I can't pronounce that, Christmas Creature. He also went by Diesel as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, Doomsday. He was the fake Diesel. Uh, you know, Isaac Yankum, DDS, he's a dentist. Mike mm-hmm. Unibom and Unibom. Now I can understand why he's not using Unibom anymore, you know. Right. Yeah, but he's had he went by uh, through several characters. Yeah, and so this match is pretty one-sided. So pretty early in the match, Isaac Yankum choke slams Scott. Can this I I noted at this point? Can we just call him Kane? He's pretty much Kane. Yeah. Then Isaac Yankum body slams Scott and then delivers some elbows, and 
and then I put Kane or well Isaac Yankum drill Scott with a DDT and it's all over one two three. This match was pretty one sided. We kind of knew where it was going from the beginning. I, you know, I I didn't like the characters. I didn't like the match. I gave it a two out of ten. You gave it a two out of ten. Yeah, two out of ten. I mean, okay, so and I I'm gonna defend that too. Um, I don't know who this Scott Taylor is. Okay, <laughs> Scott Taylor looks like he might be a good wrestler, but Kane buried him so bad in this match. I don't think you can even come back from that. How do you legitimately come back as a wrestler saying, "Oh yeah, last week you know Kane destroyed me in 15 seconds." You know, who's going to lose to you? Who's going to want to lose to you at that point? You know, so I I feel like they did they did Scott Taylor a disservice making the match like that. Yeah. So I gave it a 2 out of 10. Yeah, I, I, I was going to be nice and give him a, a 3, but wow. You can, you can you give him what – don't let me influence you on your scores. I, I'm going to give it a 3. Yeah. All right. You're wrong, but all right. I'm always wrong according to you. <laughs> you are. 20 plus years of friends and you still call me wrong. Yeah, well, you know. When you're right, you're when you're right. When, you know. <laughs> um, Hang on. When you're, when you're right, you're Trevor. When you're wrong, you're Tom. That's how, that's how it goes. No, so, that's not how it goes. That's how it goes. So, after after this point in the paper or the pay-per-view um after this point in the show uh, they cut to this in your house kind of segment uh stop scott pennengill i believe his name is uh, he's um i vaguely remember him he's kind of the in your house guy uh, just in case you ever wanted to blame somebody for the rise of michael cole it's this guy's fault because when he leaves the company, he recommends Michael Cole to replace him. Not that I dislike Michael Cole. I do think he's a good commentator, but he's no freaking JR. So I had to watch myself there. So, um, so yeah, if you don't like Michael Cole, yeah, there you go. Um, wow. So he he kind of goes over. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just so you know. Uh, he promotes the In Your House card that's coming up. Uh, it's going to feature Diesel, the World Heavyweight Champion, and Shawn Michaels, who's the Intercontinental Champion, versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna, who are the Tag Team Champions. Now, this is where things get really simple. Whoever wins takes the other person's championship. So if Owen pins Diesel, he's the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Same thing for Yoko. If Yoko pins Diesel, he's the, the champ. So if Sean pins Owen, they take the tag team championships. So if someone pins Sean, they're taking the Intercontinental title, assuming, you know, we don't know at this point. You know, we can't take Eric Bischoff by his word, but we're, you know, he, he might lose tonight. So, uh, if he has the Intercontinental title. So, that's a very... Okay, I said that was simple. It's very complicated match. I can see why they've probably never done this again ever in the history of ever. Um, so, I don't see the benefit for Owen and Yokozuna. 
it, they're gonna fight over who pins the other person and it doesn't matter who pins you know on the and, other side and they're not gonna want to pin sean because he's the intercontinental yeah. champion they want diesel's got a giant target on his back yeah exactly so i was i i i have not looked into the internet crystal ball to see who wins this uh, I can only assume that this match is going to end in some kind of disqualification where everybody leaves with their titles because I think it's just overkill because I don't see Owen and Yokozuna winning this. So I think it's overkill to give Shawn Michaels and Diesel all the friggin' championships at this point. Well, you know, it... It is Gorilla Monsoon show, according to, oh. to them. Well, yeah, and and you, I'm glad you said that because you just reminded me. <laughs> Apparently, Gorilla Monsoon saw that you know this could end in a disqualification, and if it's a purposeful disqualification, then whoever was disqualified is forfeiting their titles to the other team. So, yeah. So, hopefully, you know, I don't know how this ends where I think it's good wrestling, but we will see. Well, you know, hopefully it'll be a good match, you know. I have no doubt it'll be a good match, yeah. but the outcome is... Uh, they also promote... Yeah. It's it's bleak to me. Yeah. Well, they also promote Razor Ramon versus Dean Douglas, which I think is a pretty decent match. Uh, I don't like Douglas's gimmick at this point, but they're both good wrestlers. Uh, Bret Hart versus uh, Jean-Pierre Lafayette, Lafayette, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything of the other wrestler, but Bret Hart is the man. So uh, I think that'll be a good match regardless. And then we also have Bam Bam Bigelow versus the British Bulldog. Uh, this one might actually be really great. Because I think Bam Bam always puts on a good show. Uh, he's he's the most agile big guy that they've got. Or that I think they've ever really had. Uh, he's I've seen that man do flips when you think that this man shouldn't be doing. Um, so, and then you know seeing the shape that you know the British Bulldogs in at this point. He you know this is just going to be big men clashing. I you no, can't go no, wrong no. with that. And then. Uh, then the last match they promote is Savio Vega versus Waylon Mercury. Um, I only vaguely remember Vega, and I know nothing of Mercury, so I'm kind of mad about this. Um, I don't know how that's going to go. Maybe it'll surprise me. Don't know. I, you know, I have no words. Just go on. You have no words? <laughs> All right. So, Psycho Sid versus Shawn Michaels. Yes. Uh, Sid Sid heads out to the ring. I love his music. It, it kind of brought me back hearing it. Um, they quickly cut away to sell Shawn Michaels merchandise <laughs> while he's while Sid is walking, getting in the ring. Instead of showing him, you know, show off. They just cut around, and there's a guy standing there with a Shawn Michaels hat on, and he's wearing some goofy glasses, and he's like, 
he's throwing up prices like this is QVC because he's got the phone number, the how much it is. And so I I noted at this point, I said, huh, I wonder who's going to win this match. <laughs> well, so, you know, what, then, where are they going to sell a Sid Vicious? I mean. Yeah, I, you, know, you know, I don't know. It's something crazy, apparently. I don't know. Um, so I like their deal. If you buy the hat, you also get the glasses and a poster, all for 25 bucks. I thought Plus shipping great. and handling. They never said shipping and handling. Yeah. They never said it, so maybe it's included. I don't know. Uh, so HBK cut a quick, quick promo in the back uh, where he's talking about this is a new chapter in his life, and it starts with Sid. And you know, and he had a funny moment where he walked off and he sees a ladder and he kind of jumps back and says, "Ooh, um, it, that wasn't a bad touch. That was kind of like a uh, we kind of got to see the funny side of Shawn Michaels at this point, which uh, is always great because it's kind of." Uh, shows you know what he can become and what he is going to become later yeah. on in the show and he is a bit strange at this point we discussed that yeah yeah um. <laughs> so uh sean put on you know he uh he he dances away he gets he comes to the ring with his stuff he actually goes down to the merch guy and he puts on the hat and the stuff, and he starts dancing with it and stuff, showing off. Um, the The match when it started, um, it, they really highlighted Sid's size and uh, Shawn Michaels' quickness. Uh, we had Sid; it was almost like they were playing cat and mouse. Like Sid was trying to hit something big on Shawn, and Shawn kept kind of running around him, you know, keeping up a quick pace. Uh, Sid just couldn't keep up. Well, I mean, you're that big, you, you, you know, and Sean is is agile as all get out. I mean, he right. And Shawn Michaels really has, you know, Sid's number at this point. He Sid can't can't win, and so Sid kind of gets out of the ring. Uh, he meets up with the Million Dollar Man, who is his manager. I'm I'm guessing he was there for a reason, yeah. and uh, they have a little pep talk. Sid gets a little more confidence, gets back in the ring. Uh, he tries to toss Michaels out of the ring, but Michaels does the whole skin the cat. He gets back in, drop kicks Sid to the outside. Um, <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler screams at this point. He's a backfighter. So I thought that was really funny. Um, King can't stand Michaels at this point. Uh, Sid gets back in the ring to you know and he he gets to show off some of his power uh he slams michaels around he gets him in the corner takes control of the match uh sid at one point bench presses michaels and throws him outside uh dr- he drops him on the apron uh when the ref is uh focused on sid the million man dollar man actually runs over there and starts kicking sean yeah that that was kind of dirty yeah yeah i mean um, the ten dollar man would never do that. Yeah, I know. I know the ten dollar the ten dollar man wouldn't do it, but you know. Um, so Michaels looks hurt at this point. He's he's having a hard time kind of getting back in the ring, but you know, for better or worse, he's a fighting champion at least. He at the count of nine, he rolls back in the ring. Sid didn't look worried at this point. I would have been worried. That the guy that's the champion's about to be counted out because I don't title doesn't change hands at yeah. this point. 
And, you know. So. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is the ultimate showboat. He can, he, right. he, he will sell anything. I mean, he, I, I, he's, he's so good at selling these shots that, that, that people give him. And that's why he's one, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. And he's, he's very much like Macho Man at this point. Macho Man is very yeah. similar. And uh, they they were selling very well when Macho Man left, and I really think Macho Man rest, Sean t- left. Sean took over. Yeah, yeah, and so see, uh, you know, Michaels tries to take you know back the match. Uh, Sid uh, choke slams him, uh, gets him ready for the power bomb, but then sh- Michaels is able to flip Sid over. Um, then. Sean starts to fight back. He hits a cross body off the top rope, but he only gets the two count. Um, then he does something pretty, pretty ingenious. He Sid gets up, and Shawn Michaels stomps, it kicks him in the stomach, and and uh, Sid brings his head down, and then he super kicks him twice. <laughs> the first one didn't take him down. He kind of wobbled back, and then he walloped him from good yeah. on the third or on that on that that second kick and uh so michaels was able to get the three count the million dollar man looked disappointed but it was a good match overall um i think this match was great i do too i think it was the best thing it was i really think this is the best match of the week uh the if you watch this one it, it's it's really a toss-up between this and the, and the macho man and scott norton uh, but I, I give this one a 7 out of 10. Um, this is borderline a classic. I'm going to give it a 6.5. But yes, right. it was the best match of the night. Yeah. So, but, um, uh, one thing we... After this no, match... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. I was going to say, after this match, uh, Michaels does a little strip tease oh, yeah. right in the middle of the ring. Yeah. I, I wanted to block that <laughs> he out. He takes off his shorts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were trying to move on, uh, and then he then he almost removes his pants, and the ladies in the crowd they they seem to love it. Um, so that was that was something. Uh-huh. I, I don't know what to say about that. So then, definitely not the Sean that 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 we had, you know, ten years ago when he retired, right? And then backstage, uh, they do they cut a quick little interview with Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Uh, Shawn Michaels, I I noted, he appears to be using substances at this point. He is crazy on the microphone. I mean, he just loses it, and he's he's overly excited and freaking out. Um, on the microphone, uh, Diesel several He's just times. just looking at him. Yeah, he looks at him, kind of like, what the heck? And he laughs a few times. He looks amused. Um, but Shawn Michaels is absolutely crazy during this whole thing. Uh, I highly recommend checking out. It's the very end of Raw. Uh, Diesel, Diesel says one line, they're done, show's over. Yeah. So, now, one thing we failed to bring up is where the hell Steven got that Chihuahua thingy. Oh, yeah. 
So Steve McMichael over on WCW, they at the end of WCW, the announcers are kind of signing off the show, and Steve McMichael is holding a chihuahua and has got a hat on. <laughs> yes. It was like a sombrero or something, wasn't it? It, it was a sombrero. It was a chihuahua. Uh, I loved it. It was hilarious. I loved every minute of that. And you know what? I figured it out. I thought about it, and I figured it out, Tom. I I can't believe we even questioned this whole thing. It's because uh-uh. of the dog show. The dog show almost beat them. The dog show yeah. almost took their point away. So they had to get the dog. That's the dog that was almost won the show for them. So this is true WCW. WCW stole that dog. He jump shipped to WCW. He probably signed a multi-year con- year contract. Um, Going to start the DWO. It was a big deal. The dog world order. It's It's... <laughs> Big stuff, big stuff. I see it all coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it so, could have just been a dog. Yeah, it could have know? been a dog. That's my that's my crazy Shawn Michaels impersonation. So, <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, um, one of the things I would like to uh, like to do before we end here is um, the drinking game. So. Last week, we started the drinking game. This is the the wrestling drinking game. And so with WCW, anytime anyone says, this is where the big boys play, you're going to have to take a drink. So I thought this week we could add another, another little stipulation, another drink. And I was thinking, how about anytime... Someone's cutting a promo, and Jerry the King Lawler talks over him. You have to take a drink. I like it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have some drunk it. people. <laughs> we are going to have some. Now, we might be sued. Yeah. <coughs> you, 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 can, um, you can take that for what it is. Uh, you don't have to. To, to drink every time he speaks <laughs> you, you don't want to end up in the hospital but um, one drink for one promo I say that's fair yeah yeah I mean they only cut one promo for in this episode anyway so right. yeah I, I, I feel you there yeah so, so I think uh, what I counted overall there was like I think they said the big boys played two or three times so you've gotten, yeah. you know, a few drinks in on this on this show, but you know, as we build, um, so will the game. So we will see how this goes. Yeah. Um, so the winners this week. Winners this week. This was very hard for me. Um, I. I really enjoyed both shows i think wcw up their game from last week um wwe up their game as well actually being on the air and i think that the less uh mcmichaels was nice over on wcw i think the show itself was better on raw i think the wrestling was better on raw um you didn't have run-ins on every match and I think there yeah. was, 
I, but I think there was just better wrestling over on Raw. I, I I feel like WCW. It's not like they didn't have good wrestling. It's just that it was better over there. Whenever yeah, the whenever half your go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say the commentators. I think at this point, because there was less McMichaels, I think WCW probably picked up the point for over there. Because uh, I don't think Vince and Jerry the King Lawler have it down at this point. Okay. So and then um, this is you know ahead. actually having matches that finish instead of half of your matches not finishing. Yeah. That 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 to me you know gives me you know a raw win because yeah. you know. There, there's only so many times a ma- you know people can run in and interrupt a, a, a title match every week. Yeah, exactly. Every week that you know that that we've seen on Nitro, there's been a title match, and it hasn't been gone to fruition yet. No right. one's won. So no one's won yet, and so and I I fear that this may be a lot of what we see, and so. I give because the promos were were really good. I think the wrestling was really good. I think that Raw won this week. Raw takes the point. I think Raw won as well. Uh, All right. The announced team. I think uh, you know the fact that we're we're dealing with two different styles. Um, you got one that that talks constantly, doing extreme play by play, and one that gives. A play-by-play, but mainly backstory and insulting each other. Um, that's mainly, you know, I, I would give the the announce point to uh, to, to to WCW uh, just because Steve McMichael's was shut up, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, it kind of reminded me of you and I talking. You know. Yeah. We'll give a play-by-play. We'll insult each other, and then we'll we'll keep doing what we do. So exactly, and yeah. I feel like that. I, I I really like WCW's way that they're the way that they're also telling the story without ruining what's on the screen at the moment. So I mean, that whole promo with with jerry the king lawler screaming over it was really bothersome to me because it wasn't a bad promo it was just yeah lawler made it bad yeah of course you know we don't know how long lawler's been on the announce table at this point exactly so uh yeah so basically raw wins the point we have a tie at this point one versus one uh so it's any man's game at this point um, so. No, 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 no. It's O one one. Okay, O one one or O O one O one. I don't know. No, 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 Anyways. no. It's you're including WCW the dog show, zero, oh. dog show one, WWE <laughs> one. No, no, no. We cannot do that. No. Uh. Uh-uh. So <sighs> fine, whatever. <laughs> The dog show took an inaugural point. They they get a a nod uh, point. A a we see what you did there, but you're uh, 
you're not getting uh, the full point. So WCW and WWE are tied at this point. Not a big deal because we're only two weeks into this. Uh, we got a couple more to go. So we'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, this weekend is Fall Brawl. So uh, because this is the Monday Night Wars, I will be hosting a uh, kind of a tag-along show to this where I'm going to be going over the pay-per-views uh, that go along with these shows. So if this is the Monday Night Wars, those are the battlegrounds. Uh, that's where the storylines start and end. And so I would like to cover those as well. So if you guys want to tune in, uh, this um, uh, Sunday actually is going to be Fall Brawl. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be posting uh, along with this series. And all right. So it's 1v1. The uh, It's all tied up. We thank you all for uh, sitting through this and enjoying the show with us. Uh, if you have any questions or want to send us anything, you can do that uh, on our YouTube channel very easily. Um, or you can uh, find me on Facebook. I am Trevor Shelby. Um, and you'll see uh, me there with uh, Laughter Peace Theater and a few other things listed on my bio. Uh, and then uh, if you want to ask Tom something, you can send him any messages on Facebook as well. Uh, Thomas Kennedy. Uh, but... Uh, we will keep track of a lot of the comments on our YouTube channel if you guys have any questions for us at this time. Uh, thank you all for um, joining us. you have anything to add, Tom? Um, just keep listening, and if you like us, subscribe. You know, let us know if you, want, if you want us to do other things as well. Exactly. Uh, we're completely open to uh, taking on lots more shows. Tom said he has tons of free time. I'm going to kick you in the nuts. Shows. Uh, we could do ECW. We can do uh, WWF. We can do all kinds of stuff. It would be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's going to be a blast. Uh, this is my Shawn Michaels impersonation from the end of Raw. I really, really enjoyed it. This is going to be great. I think this is the most amazing show ever. I think that we're going to do so wonderful. This is so, so much fun. Thank you guys for joining us. I think it's just just so wonderful. All right. Have a good day. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> See ya.